there is a place beyond hurt. Okay, okay, I know y'all used to hear me talk and tell my stories and all that, but I figure it's time to give some other good people a go. Family, welcome to Finding Good Voices. Hey, good people, how we doing? So in this episode, I have someone really special here with us. In this time where we're all conversing about change and reform and making things better for people, there are a lot of voices that get overlooked. There are a lot of lives that never get heard from. And these are the people that are in our quote-unquote reformation system, quote-unquote correction system, quote-unquote criminal justice system system we're gonna hear from my brother jai and he's gonna tell his story i pray you listen listen and learn let's get on up into it all right so guys this is my brother jai he has people's peace family peace peace okay so first of all so let's just jump right into it Tell the people what you have been working on because I love this project so much. From the minute that I heard about it, I went crazy. I, I think that it is so necessary to have. Just quickly explain. Uh, yeah, just just go dive on in, brother. Okay. So um, I have a YouTube channel called uh, Feel Free TV. And basically, we give our formerly incarcerated individuals a platform to speak, speak their truth, speak about their trials and tribulations, what led, it, what led up to the incarceration? What did they learn from the incarceration? Um, how is their rehabilitation back into society? Um, we also interview uh, families of incarcerated individuals so we can uh, see how incarceration affects family. Mm. Um, also, also I've, uh, I just set up some interviews where I'm actually uh, interviewing a correctional officer Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to be interviewing a um, a counselor in a, from a prison. So we're just going to get different aspects uh, inside the justice system. That's a, so what I always say the the main goal of finding good times is 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 finding purpose. And I always say that purpose is never personal. What yeah. is the purpose behind? For you, for Jai, what is the purpose behind this project? Um, I just want to give a voice to the voiceless. That's basically what it is. Um, I was incarcerated for 12 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, one day I was just sitting home. I was like, yo, what, what can I do? How can I not necessarily profit, but turn my negative experience into something positive? Yes. Yeah, you know, some kind of like like it's like alchemy almost. <laughs> so yes, so, brother. So oh like, wow. So it's like, how can I turn something negative in my life into something positive? And I say, you know what? I'm gonna just interview for me and call three people or people who've dealt with the justice system in some kind of way, and just we're gonna get their point of view and not just point of view, but just see, just see where where we can do something different. So how I met, uh, we, we met uh, at the, well, we met, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I, I didn't know your history, which I, yeah. I would be, you know, kind of foolish to assume that, like, there's one monolithic type of person in that situation. Yeah. 
Um, but I did, it, I, it did learn me and it connected back to what you said about alchemy, right? About yes. taking something that isn't and making it into something profitable, making it something gold, right? Yeah. And that's what we do here at Finding Good Times too, right? Like exactly. seeing the, the duality in a moment and, and finding the good in a moment. Tell me, if you will, and you don't have to explain or go into, okay. at your leisure, at your uh, comfortability, explain your story, what, what, what led you here, right? Um, well, um, I was released from prison in 2017 after doing 12 and a half years in prison. Um, I came home to a shelter, so I was homeless. I went through the shelter system about four or five months. Um, a lot of people don't realize that people who are incarcerated, formerly incarcerated, the shelter system uh, puts you at the front. So th you're easily, you're going to be easily, uh, find a, some type of apartment. Mm. So um, I found the apartment. I found the job while I was in the shelter. And um, from there, I went to the Fortune Society. So the Fortune mm. Society helps individuals who have some type of justice involvement. You don't, you don't have to necessarily have to be incarcerated. If you ever got arrested any time in your life, you count. So mm. if you've been in justice, in justice involvement, some kind, some type of way with the justice system, Fortune Society help you. So what they did was they helped me find my first job, and then they helped me get an internship at Bloomberg. Wow. So yeah, so I was working at Bloomberg, the you know the Bloomberg Corporation downtown. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm doing my internship at Bloomberg. So now I'm rubbing elbows. I'm meeting different people. Now, mind you, I haven't even been home two years yet. I'm mm. probably not even a year. And I'm already into the corporate arena already, yes. fresh out of prison. So now yeah. I'm meeting different people. I'm learning how to conduct myself. I have people that's working with me. Yeah. And um, then, of course, I met Liz Newmark, the CEO mm. of... Uh, oh, wow. Of uh, Great Performances. This is how yeah. I got the job at Great Performances. Mm -hmm. I met Liz Newmark, personally, face-to-face. -face. Okay, wow. Yeah, we talked, we had an interview. So she was like, oh, well, she heard about my story. She seen uh, what I was doing. She mm -hmm. said, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Once your wow. internship is over, you have a job. So wow. I came to Great Performances without an interview. Wow, that's crazy. So, I, because, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I would assume, and again, we know what happens when people assume, but I would assume that a lot of people going through uh, the justice system, when they come out on the other side, they don't have that type of, those type of opportunities. Or am I wrong? Are those opportunities available um, or? Opportunities is available. You just have to look for them. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Now I'm not saying it was easy for me mm -hmm. because just going through the shelter was rough. I, I had a rough time. There's a lot, of, a lot of different characters in the shelter system. I could imagine. And, and that was rough. But I just knew at the, I just seen light at the end of the tunnel. I just That's know, it. okay, I, I just have to, I have to get through this. Same thing That's with prison. It. Prison is not a cakewalk. It's so many mm -hmm. different characters, different people trying to pull you different ways. And you just, it's, it's mental. It's probably, I would say 95% mental. Wow. And the rest would be physical, but it's, it's all about thinking. And not letting not letting people uh, pull you out of character or 
trying to um, get certain uh, reactions out of you. And that's, and that's interesting learned. because a, a lot of times, uh, you know, out here we watch the shows, we watch the 90, 60 days in, and we watch all those yeah. prison, the Oz and, you know, people kind of dra- dramatize, dramatize, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all dramatize. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. people try to try to make it seem like it's this like thing, but you're saying that it's, it's mostly mental. It's mostly. It's mostly mental. Now, it is that also. That's like, okay. <laughs> I want to get away from that. Okay. It definitely is that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is uh, dramatized and souped up. But then, like I said, a lot of it is mental. Okay. Um, a lot of time, like, I did a lot of yoga. And okay. a lot of A lot of stuff like that and getting into uh, Hinduism. I was messing with a yoga instructor that uh, used to come in to the prison. And I learned, I learned like, meditation. Okay. Uh, breathing, um, a lot of stuff that helped me with my time. So a lot of individuals would look at yoga, especially in a prison aspect. They would be like, no, "I'm not messing with that." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they, they they're coming from a different mindset. Is okay. That's not masculine. Got you. Or, so you everything know, in in that environment, because when we think about um, or when people on the outside, right, uh, quote unquote, the outside. We're not in that world. So I always yeah, it's say... a totally different world. Totally different mindset totally about different. everything. So yeah. break down a little bit, which, because that's really interesting, that everything has to be masculine-based. Yeah, well, prison is a... What would you say? A, a microcosm of what real society is. It's just okay. a smaller population, and usually things are uh, amplified because it's so small. You're dealing with a small population of people for gotcha. years, you don't, you know, you're not going anywhere. So, what what people think that the mind, that the process of thinking in there is, it's basically about food, mm-hmm. survival, um, setting examples. Okay. Um, also, is is you really have to wear a mask? Ah, uh, okay. So Ooh, I want to talk about we, that. Yeah, yeah, we wear a mask every day in society, of course. Mm-hmm. In prison, you have to wear masks because you have you have wolves and you have sheep. Ah, okay. So now, if you want to be a sheep, then you know I wouldn't advise it. But everyone <laughs> can't be a wolf. Yeah, that's the thing. So you have to wear a mask, and then sometimes you have to you have to you have you have to have this click on, this off and on switch. So you have mm-hmm. to be able to switch at a drop of a dime. In control. You have, to, uh-huh. you have to be able, you have to be, you have to have this duality. You have to be able to be a wolf mm-hmm. when need be. Yeah. And you have to be able to switch into a wolf at the drop of a dime. No mm-hmm. hesitation, no thought process. And then you have to be able to go back to a civilized person. And that's what I learned. Some people can't make that switch. Some people are predators in there, and they can't make that switch. They stay that way all the way through, and they come out of society with that same mind state. And this is why a lot of brothers and sisters fail, because they can't make that switch from being in prison and into society. Would you say it's mostly that? Would you say it's mostly um, the the population there, uh, people that can't control and can't switch on and off? Or would you say they they can't they can't make that switch? Wow, that's the thing. 
And does right. that, you, you said 12 years, does that come because, does that come with time or does that come with like immediately like, all right, you know, I got, I'm in this situation. Well, I had 15, I was sentenced to 15 years. Okay. So I did 12 and a half years. I got released off good time because okay. I went to college and got my college degree while I was in prison. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did 12 and a half years. Okay. Okay. And yeah. see, that's the, that's the, the thing, right? Because I, I don't only want to focus on the dramatization of it. Because I feel like we do a lot of that, right? We focus on the, the Oz part of it. Yeah, yeah, the Oz, the, the violence but, aspect. Exactly. And, and I do want to touch on that because there, there is a yeah. very interesting um, mental warfare that goes on, a very interesting um, societal thing. But I want to also talk about the reform that needs to go on within the reform. Right. Oh, man, it definitely needs a lot of reform, especially when it comes to education and um, trades. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll, we'll talk about it, that a little bit. What, what did you see in your experience? In my experience, okay, as um, far as education, the prison is not going to give you college. The college comes from outside entities, mm. outside um, what you call um, nonprofit organizations. They come into the prison and they give us college. They'll, they'll contact um, neighboring colleges from that's close around the prison and have college professors come inside mm. and they'll pay the college professors to come inside and teach us, but the mm. prison does not offer it. And that's, that's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do they expect? A, uh-huh, go, go on. Well, a lot, a lot of times, um, see, the thing is, is that most people who get a college degree in prison are not coming back to prison. Okay, yeah. That's, that's the statistics. People yeah. who get a college degree in prison are not coming back. They, have, they say maybe 1% of mm-hmm. the people who get a college degree in prison actually comes back. Wow. So, and knowing that the college is still, the prison still don't put college programs in. Knowing wow. that the, the, the prison system, uh, Department of Corrections, New York City Department of Corrections will not actually fund prisons. Wow. For for the uh, the uh, MA population, it has to come from an outside source. They'll allow it from yeah. an outside source. Is there a, a, a because I'm trying to understand in my mind why they would not it's want exactly. See, it's I'm trying to say something without saying it. <laughs> Prison is business. Yeah, it's mass incarceration thing in our communities, black and and uh, the brown communities. Mm-hmm. This is business. This is mm-hmm. a pipeline. This is funding, this is actually funding like corporations. Yeah. This, is, this is prison labor. Like I've worked in what they would call sweatshops in prison. Yeah, and, and that's then, what a lot yeah, of people don't know. Yeah, this is what you, you don't realize. Well, prison populations all over the United States have what they call industry. They call mm-hmm. it industry. Mm-hmm. Now, I got into the industry because I didn't want to depend on my family for finances. Mm. Now, the industry pays the most out of all the prison jobs, mm-hmm. even though it's still pennies. Wow. The, the most I made was 45 cents an hour. Wow. 45 cents the, an hour. This is the most I made. And that's top pay. 
I think the wow. highest 45 cent, I think maybe 65 cent is like the, the top of the top. And that's rare that you get that. So me getting 45 cents mm-hmm. is I'm balling in prison. And and does everyone have to have a job in prison or is it voluntary? Everyone is, um, everyone is going to do something. Okay. If you're not, you're not going to just sit in your cell all day and not do anything. And the people who do that usually are in a different um, part of the prison. Mm. And only thing they'll get is recreation and then they'll go back in their cell. But they okay. can't, they, they wouldn't have access to like, um packages coming from your family wow or they wouldn't have access to con- conjugal visits yeah see those are all that's how they um control the population also okay you know, through, huh. through little things like packages conjugal visits yeah um tvs yeah little incentives um, certain little incentives how they control the population wow so, that's yeah so and, I like and- Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't, because I get that it's a business, right? It's definitely a business. They're, they're, the prison is not meant to help you. Never, not meant to help. Never, never think that individuals go into prison and that the prison is going to rehabilitate rehabilitate the individual. That's not wow. what they're there for. And wow. It may, it may, they make it seem like that. Yeah. So That's it's not corrections? It's not They don't care about if you if you correct their behavior? Care. No. Wow. They want you to come back because basically you're bringing money. Like uh, one individual uh, for a year, I think maybe it's like 30000 45000 for each individual. Yeah. Wow. So wow. That's, what, that's, that's what they're getting for each individual. They're getting maybe $35,000, $45,000 a year for each individual. And you're getting 65 so, cents tops an hour. If, if that. I'm not even. If that, like I said, wow. I was getting forty-five cents. As soon as I started making forty-five cents, they shipped me out that facility, and I had to start all over. Wow, that's crazy. You know, because I want—it's hard for me to talk to certain people because I've never had the experience, um, and I've never been in certain uh, positions in life, which makes it a little bit kind of side talking for me to talk about it. You, know. you can talk to me, brother. Ask any questions you want. Well, well, why I say that is, in my kind of outsider perspective, I would say, you know, if you're if you are doing certain things to provide money for yourself on the outside, that are that are kind of, and I'm not saying this is everyone's um, yeah. uh, position. Is, everyone's. Point. I understand. I understand which is where you're going. You know, if, if you're, you're gonna doing do that, something that's against the law, and yeah. you're getting incarcerated, then you you're gonna have to have work to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but so so I want to kind of for you to speak to people who are taking these routes that that are risking their freedom. I want you to just share a little bit about what they're going to to face on the in, on the inside of that. Cuz there are kids that are, you know, looking yeah. at the Rick Rosses, not not to, you know, I love Rick Ross, but yeah. looking at, you know, the glam listen, of listening listening to all this hip hop, listening to the, um, the the drug dealing, the, yeah. the violence, um, you know, uh, the treatment of women, exactly. uh, living this fast life, taking drugs, like is like this is something cool. But I'm telling you, once you become it says so in the Thirteenth Amendment, 
mm -hmm. that slavery is abolished unless you're incarcerated. Once you've been mm -hmm. incarcerated, they can do to you whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. And they Don't do get that. this confused. They do this. Okay, sure, you have the law, but the law doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. The law does not work for black and brown people. And when you're in prison, they can basically do what they want to with you. And they do that. So as, yeah, as, as a they, person they outside of it, out that gets out, um, can you vote in New York? At first, um, you, I couldn't, but then I think they changed it. They okay. Changed it. So now you can vote. Okay. Now so you do you think vote. that that's a, a, a a viable route to go in terms of changing things in, in, in um, the prison system? In a prison system? Ah, you know what it is? I'm not against voting, but I also know that, in my opinion, I don't feel voting is going to change anything. Mm. Why, um, why do you think? Okay. Say you have five different boxes the structure of these boxes and you just put different people in these boxes so the individuals change in these boxes but the structure of these boxes don't change ah got you do you know what i'm saying so we cannot change the system by voting the system mm. is set up to make us feel that whoever we vote for is going to make a difference mm -hmm. But what we have to do is dismantle the system. And you can't gotcha. dismantle the system by voting. Got you. This so, whole voting thing is set up by the system. Exactly. So it's working perfectly me, fine. And it's working perfectly fine. You can protest as much as you want. They allow mm -hmm. that. Exactly. Because you're not changing the system. They're <laughs> exactly. Letting you get off, they're letting you get off steam. You can riot, do whatever. They'll let mm -hmm. you get off steam. Mm -hmm. But you can't change the system by voting or by protesting. Hmm. The system has to be changed. It has to be broken down. Mm -hmm. It has to be destroyed and rebuilt. And for mm -hmm. that to happen, mm -hmm. the people who uphold the system, mm -hmm. who keep the system alive, who, who thrive from the system, mm -hmm. they will die and kill before that happens. Yeah, we're seeing it. We're, so, we're seeing it now. Yeah. So it's like. Do you like, think that. It, it is possible because the only reason I say I, I question whether it's possible is it's not it's it's coming from systematically it's coming from systemically and it also is coming from like we just talked about our entertainment it's talk it's, it comes from uh, the influence that the youth gets to be these. yeah but th but this is controlled it's controlled yeah this is the thing so. You look at it back in the day with hip hop, because I've been a, I've been into hip hop since early eighties. I'm mm -hmm. forty four, mm -hmm. so I was born in 1975. You say hip hop started around then, around mm -hmm. nineteen seventy five. I got into it in the early eighties. Um, hip hop had a uh, you can see how hip hop evolved from when it first started from rocking out in the parks, then mm -hmm. the eighties with the break dancing. Then it started getting conscious and then started getting revolutionary. Mm. Then also it started becoming mainstream mm -hmm. and these corporate individuals, um, they see how profitable it was and how influential hip hop was. Mm -hmm. So now you can't have individuals making these individuals from 
these uh, broken communities making money and also influencing these communities to uh, do better, exactly. to vote against the society. Exactly. You know, you can't have that. So now the corporations come in and they take over. So now they want individuals to, um, to promote certain things. Mm. And they'll give these individuals money. Mm-hmm. They'll promote it. So now if I come out with something positive or revolutionary, it's like, who's really going to hear it? You have to really look for stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Do you so, think that, that a, a, a lot of the, the younger brothers that, go, that are in the system now and that are sadly primed to go through the system, do you think now that there is that information out there saying, yo, this is a systematic thing going on to y'all, do you think they're going to take heed to that? Do you think they're going to listen to that? Or are they just going to be like, um, you know what, I'm going to get my money? Some, some, some may take heed, but then you have to also realize, like, when you're in poverty, what do you do? See, that's yeah. the carrot they dangle. Yeah. So this is what I say about the system. They are diabolical. And I have to call them devils because yeah. that's what they are. They are yeah. diabolical. Diabolical mm-hmm. is genius and evil that all boiled into one. Yes, exactly. That's what this system is. Exactly. And the people who uphold it, they are diabolical. And they will stop at nothing. No, no, nothing is sacred. Nobody is safe. So you said that uh, to make it through, you saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Do I just you knew see, I, I, mm-hmm. do you, sorry to cut you off. Do you see yeah. a light at the end of this tunnel in term of, terms of the system? Yes, but it's not, not going to be peaceful. Uh, and that's what scares me. Mm-hmm. That's what scares me. Because I know, I know that a lot of people don't want to die. Yeah. But the thing is, is that even Malcolm X said this, if you're scared to die, then you're scared to be free. That's, that's the yeah. scary thing. That's, that's it's scary. So scary. this is why when you have people like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, all these people who put their life on the front line, Huey P. Newton, all these type of revolutionaries, you know, yeah. they put their dead life is on the line and they know that they know it's a consequence to yeah. being this individual that they can get killed from their own people or from the system using their own people. It's scary. Yeah. So it's like when you look when you look into society, when you look in, into our community, you think about how many people are really ready to die. Yeah, exactly. It's really scary. And that's the and that's the crazy part that I always think about because we die for such, we such frivolous reasons. Yeah. yeah. We die I, I remember, you know, back in the nineties or whatever, or I'm sure you know, you scuff somebody's shoes up and they're ready to fight. Or you talk to somebody girl and they're ready yeah. to act crazy. You know what I'm saying? We 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 die for such frivolous things. I'm wondering They're ready to fight. Are we ready to die for something that means something do you think that we're because these these kids are dying chicago is is you know under fire yeah right everywhere they're in the war zone yeah everywhere everywhere i mean all these communities that that are black and brown communities we are dying especially the black community yeah no matter where we at in the united states we're dying we're killing each other being killed so it's like 
maybe if we channel that energy into something else, that same energy into yeah. being free. Exactly. Then we can get somewhere. And I always go back to, to this. I always go back to the self-hate, right? Not to blame the brothers for the systematic uh, uh, things that are put upon them, but it is a, a thing of self-hate when you yeah. are more willing to kill someone who looks like you than right. go against the person who is making your mama, uh, talking to your mama crazy at work and having yeah. your cousin oppressed and, and you know, talking down to you, you can't even go shopping, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I always question what makes us hate us so much. You know what I mean? Been, you, got to, you have to think we've been indoctrinated for over 400 years. It's just yeah. that they happen like that. Yeah. So you have to think generation after generation. So it's something called epigenetic, mm. where, where things become hereditary. It becomes instinctual. It becomes programmed. Yeah. So it's like you have to try to reprogram yourself. Now, I'm not perfect. I, I'm quite sure I, it's a lot of stuff that I do or that's within me that's been programmed mm -hmm. that I, I'm not even aware of. So it's, it's a matter of actively reprogramming yourself. Do you have that's... to actively reprogram. I, I have to say this. I think all African-Americans need therapy. We yes. all need therapy. We a have to be. Percent. We, we have to. We have to consciously reprogram ourselves from this, these, this, this, this system of four hundred plus years. Because if you, if you don't, you're just gonna, you're just gonna be just like a leaf blown in the wind. Exactly, and we don't got no uh, four hundred years to, to to wait. To, I don't to know. Try to redo it. We can't. Exactly. We just, it's not gonna happen because as we're still going, they're still reprogramming us. Exactly. You know, and I got to talk about this. the program that they put in. in the exactly. Beginning. I, I got to bring it to this, uh, bring it up to, to now. Um, one, well, what do you think about what's going on in terms of George Floyd and the Internet's reaction? And two, um, because we are seeing a, a kind of reprogramming, whether it's real or not, we're seeing yeah. the social media reprogramming of a lot of white folk. Uh, what do yeah. you think about that? Wow. Um, you know, something called Sankofa. You ever heard of Sankofa? I have not. I have not. Okay. It's, the, it's an African, like a principle, like an aspect of moving forward while looking back. It's like a, it's a bird. Mm -hmm. The bird's body is facing forward, but his head is turned backwards. Okay. So what that symbolizes is we're moving forward but we're looking back and we're remembering the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. History is our best teacher. Uh, we forget history. So when I see what's going on now, um, mm -hmm. all I see is what happened back in the past. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, once this dies down, then we go back to normal. Exactly. Because then we go happens, back to normal. It happens so, it happened so many times. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, all are all these white people who are all of a sudden infuriated, mm -hmm. are they going to just go back to normal? Because exactly. you did it so many times. You did it with Mike Brown. You did it with Trayvon Martin. You did it with Rodney King. Exactly. You did it. You did it, you, you did it with uh, the civil rights movement. Like yeah. how many white people marched with Martin Luther King during the civil rights movement? And then yeah. once once things are 
die down, and then you feel better. Like it's like okay, I feel better about myself. Like, yeah, exactly. Talking, you you protesting, your protesting is not doing anything. Exactly. Because that's the again, scary they'll thing. You, they'll let you protest and blow off steam. You're exactly. Just off steam, and the system will allow you to do that. So and you know it what makes I think. You feel better. Uh huh. No, I'm. I was gonna say like it. Ma- it makes most most of these white people they feel better by yeah. protest by saying Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Where were you at? Where were you exactly. at two months ago? Where were you at exactly three, three years ago? Exactly. You know? And I think it's, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be used for leverage uh, when things go back to normal and you have people mistreating uh, people of color, black folk, and. They're going to say, well, I posted this on Instagram and I marched in the, you yeah. know, like. So what? what? Exactly. What does that mean? That means, it doesn't even mean nothing when I walk in the street and protest exactly. and say Black Lives Matter. So exactly. how's it going to mean something when you protest? Exactly. Like, the only thing I can say that we can do as a society, especially, and especially as Black people, mm-hmm. is to either, it's either two things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not going to want to do one. And one is violence. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. white supremacy in this system only respects violence or when you hit them in their pocket economically. Yep. yep. So if you're scared to be violent, then let's hit them in their pockets. Let's, exactly. let's say every black person pull their money out of Chase Bank. Yep, exactly. That's what's going to happen. Into a black, and pull it into a black bank. That'll raise, that'll raise eyebrows. Exactly. You know but what? you know what it is? It goes back to that self-hatred where we say, oh, you know, black people don't know how to do no business. Or, you know, black people, I, I ain't going to trust no black yeah. bank. You know what I mean? And you know what's crazy? I have individuals in my family, older individuals in my family that think mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. They were programmed. Yeah, exactly. They were programmed. Exactly. We, so, we, we, everything white is right, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, alienate any of the listeners actually you know what why not right Listen, my thing is not alienate uh any of the listeners especially our white counterparts mm-hmm. but the reality is your protesting is not doing anything yeah it's it's it's, it's not it's not it's, it's, it's the reality it might it makes you feel good Exactly. But it's not doing anything same thing with these corporations posting okay we're with the black uh uh, society and we uh, we disavow all negative exactly. aspects of what is that doing? Exactly. Really, you're just saying it. You're just, it's a band aid. It. It's a band aid. It. It's not helping. Exactly. Not you know helping. what? You you know what I want to do? Um, what? You got you got some more time to stick around? Sure, sure. All right. Touching the surface. Okay, all right. definitely. So so let good. We we locked in. I want to switch to this right. Okay. Um. You can base it off of start talking about. We talked about the conjugal visits, mm-hmm. and I want you to talk. I want you to start with the conjugal visits and end up okay. with after you get out. What does okay. love look like for the? Uh, what, what do you call it when someone gets out? Not a convict anymore. The ex-convict. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what what is they, they call him an ex-offender or something like okay, that? Okay, so what does love look like for the ex-offender? Um, well, well, we'll go back until once you're in, once you're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they take you from your family. Mm-hmm. They make it hard for your family. 
to have contact with you. Um, they put you somewhere like most most incarcerated individuals in the prison system in New York State are from New York City, mm-hmm. majority of them. So mm-hmm. what they usually do is they put you somewhere far away from New York City. Wow. And if you're and if you're from Buffalo, they'll put you somewhere closer to New York City. You see how that you see wow. how that works? Wow, that's so insane. They usually, they usually put you far away from your family. If you're from Rochester, New York, yeah. you most likely might be in a prison somewhere close to Canada or somewhere close to New York City. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how they do that. To, to now, break you. To break you, to keep the take to take you away from your family. Wow. So now you don't have family support. Also, that that means also they can do what they want to with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now family are, don't really have access to coming up there to come see you that quick when mm. you're not writing or you're not calling. Yeah. So it's all a plan. Wow. So now when you do get conjugal visits, now you have to jump through hoops to get conjugal visits. Mm-hmm. So you have to be this model prisoner to get conjugal visits. You can't get any uh, infractions. We call them tickets. Mm. And now if you get an infraction, they take $5 from you. Wow. $5. Now, mind you, you're only making cents. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the most I ever made was 45 cents. Yeah. Once I made that, they moved me, and I never made that again. I think the most I made was 38 cents. So now wow. I'm getting 38 cents. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid every two weeks. 38 cents so now you take five dollars from me because uh i had my gate covered because i was using the toilet yeah so you know wow this is how it's little infractions like that where you, you you're slaving to make these wages but then they can take it so quick and charge you five dollars dehumanizing so it's dehumanizing you know wow so I had a conjugal, I was getting conjugal visits. Mm-hmm. So my wife was in Syracuse. And I was in Sullivan Correctional Facility, which is like in, like in the Hudson Valley era. Area. Mm-hmm. So um, she had, to get conjugal visits, your family had to jump through hoops. Mm-hmm. Now for conjugal visits, your wife can come um, you can have your brother, your sister, your mother, your grandparents, um, your, um, I think, um, first cousins, aunts, uncles. So you can have a family visit. They call it uh, FRP, Family Reunion Program. Mm, okay. So I think you're only, you're only allowed to have up to six people at once. Okay. Hmm. So you can, you can have family. But the thing is, is can they all get off in t- at that time? Yes. Can they, wow. can they, how are they going to make it up there? You know, um, and then the, the family reunion uh, program only lasts for two days. So oh. they can only stay there for two days. You know, you only wow. see your family for two days. But it's like a recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could imagine that. I, I, I took it as a recharge because I really needed it. I need to be with my loved ones away. Mm-hmm. I need to be away from the population in this home setting that they have set up on the prison grounds. Wow. Cause it's like a little apartment. You have a, a, a two bedrooms, mm-hmm. uh, you have a living room, 
uh, a TV in the, uh, the bedrooms, kitchen, of course, or pots and pans. Your family brings in the food and the seasonings. So you get to cook, you know, yeah. some semblance of... Uh, of and, uh, and, that's, and that's good behavior. And that's good behavior. That's okay. jumping through hoops, yes. Wow. That's jumping through hoops. So when you finally are released, uh, 2017. Yes. Are you in? Uh, I, I'm bad at math, so I can't even. I'm not even going to try to subtract the years and see how when you went in. But are you the same person? Uh, yeah. Per, when it comes to relationships, or when it comes to family, when it comes because you um, build a family. I guess you would build a family in uh, prison as well. It's kind of hard because I had. Um, I got locked up at in 2004. Okay. And I came home 2017. Okay. So when I was in prison, it was times that I hadn't seen my mother for a 10 year span. Wow. So wow. I, last time I, I seen my mother when I was in prison, she came to my, my uh, college graduation when I graduated. Mm. Um, I was a salutatorian, so I was giving a speech. And she came, she came to my graduation. That was my first time seeing her in 10 years. Wow. So, and, and it broke my heart to see how old she got. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know, people, people age, you know, and yeah. just to see her after 10 years, I was just like, I was heartbroken. And that was even more incentive of, for me to get out. I said, I have to get out of here. I have to. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's that light. And, um, yeah, that's, that, that was another light. I already knew I had to get out, but just to see her and seeing like, you know, she was, she was old. And I was just yeah. like, oh man, I gotta get out of here, man. Wow. I, I see other, other individuals who family die in prison, yeah. die while they're in prison, and they, they have to um, write a counselor or a warden and try to get, go to a funeral. Hopefully it's in New York. Wow. And then when you go to a funeral, you have to jump through hoops. And then when you go through a funeral, they'll have you shackled. Some some officers might have a little uh, mm -hmm. humanism, and they might take the shackles off and leave the ankle shackles on. Wow! So you can at least sit there, you know, and hug your family and stuff exactly. like that. Some individuals don't even want people touching you, so you're wow. at a funeral, but no one can touch you. So you know, it's it depends on the individual, but mm -hmm. it's it's rough. seeing your mother 10 years, uh, for the first time in 10 years, yeah. and she's aged, um, does that give you, a, well, that's the light at the end of the tunnel, one of them. Yeah. Uh, when you get out, are you, um, do the relationships with your family change? Um, yeah, I was gone for a while. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a, a lot had changed. People, you know, people change through time, so. Yeah, but I mean, it was still love. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't anything negative, even though I wasn't. The, I'm the same person, but then I'm not the same person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I, I have a strong uh, family su uh, support system, mm -hmm. and I think that's key for uh, brothers and sisters coming home from prison is to have a strong family support system, because it'll be easier to um, rehabilitate into society. 
Speak to that because I, I, I say that my personal definition for love is uh, one's willing desire to meet the need and supersede the need of uh, another individual. Um, speak to what families can do for um, people just coming out. What, what do they need for uh, maybe specifically what you needed or in general, what people need to, to make it, to survive? Um, families, I think families, they need to understand that this individual, especially they've been incarcerated for like over a decade. So this individual, it's gonna take, a, it's gonna take some time for this individual to rehabilitate back into society because they're gonna to have to learn everything over again. There's, you're starting from scratch. Yeah. So yeah. family's gonna to have to be patient and realize that this individual that you love is starting from scratch and they're gonna need help. They're gonna need financial support. Of course, of course. Now, we also know that once someone comes home, they can automatically get uh, welfare, they can get Medicaid, they can get food stamps. So that's going to help. That's going to help the family also. So it's not like breaking their back. Yeah. So yeah. you have to take advantage of all these uh, these institutions that that's going to help you. That's there for you. Mm -hmm. So you you get your uh, Medicaid, you get on welfare. So now you have food. Um, you have Medicaid. So now you have some health care. Um, you can get clothing. You can get clothing from the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. Also, you have these, um, these programs that are for inmates just coming home. Like I said, the Fortune Society is one. Mm -hmm. I always big up the Fortune Society. Um, you have a couple of them, the Osborne Association. Um, there's some more that I'm not really familiar with. There's a whole bunch of them. So families can look into these organizations and you know, let these organizations know, listen, I have a, a, a brother or sister that's coming home. Um, how can you help them? These organizations will help you. These organizations, these organizations give you, sometimes they'll give you a stipend. Yeah. You know, um, you get free education, free um, um, a trade, you know, whatever you're into, like these organizations will help you. Now the individual coming home has to want to be helped. That's big. That's another thing. And it's not going to happen just like that. Well, how now, does that happen? Because for me, if I spend a certain amount of time in a system that's meant to break me mentally, mm -hmm. how do I have the mind, the mindset of willingness to come out and do better? Willingness to come and, and jump through those, ho those hula hoops? You know what? Every individual is different. Mm -hmm. That's the thing because... Prison breaks a lot of people. I've seen it so many times where they go in, they go into prison not having any mental health issues, mm -hmm. then acquire mental health issues while they're in prison, and wow. they come home they're never the same. Wow. I've seen guys when I first came into prison, and then I probably wouldn't I probably didn't see them for probably about five or six years. Cause you know, in prison, they move you from different facility. Mm -hmm. So then when I see them again, 
you can see that their eyes are like glossy and that they're taking medication to deal with prison. Now, once you start taking these meds, mm -hmm. which they love to push on you. Yeah, because that's, that's a course, big thing. That's a big thing. Pharmaceuticals, you know, they love to push meds on a prison, on an individual that's incarcerated. Because, of course, you know, they're going to get kickbacks from using this certain type of drugs. So if you can't deal with prison, they'll ask you, like, what's the matter? Uh, you, have you having trouble sleeping? Um, uh, you, you having suicidal thoughts? Uh, you're feeling depressed? Take these. These are help. Wow. Now, will they help? Of course they'll help you. But now you're slow. I've seen it happen. You're slow. You lose uh, cognitive abilities. Um, you're not the same. And they are actively pushing these drugs on. Yes, yes. Yes, they're actively pushing these drugs on you. So now you become dependent on these drugs. When you don't have these drugs, you might have an outburst or go crazy. So the, you know, it's, the drug dealers as well as... Uh... Man, prison is like... The things I've seen and I, I went through, I, I couldn't even make up. Like, you wouldn't even believe. Like, they push drugs, mm. uh, extremely abusive. Mm -hmm. the, um, the guards, you mean? Yes. The, the POs, the COs, yeah. Extremely. Like, if you think what's going on out here is something, yeah, they are literally murdering people. Wow. In prison, and families won't know maybe till a month later two months later that the individual even died or sometimes that's, they don't even find your body. That's insane. Yes. And they operate with impunity. They, they just, they of just, course. just like police, just like the police officers. And I think I that's say, all they have to do is say, Oh, you, you was uh, resisting. You was resisting arrest. or you posed a threat. You attacked officers. They use that. And yeah. And I think that's why your platform is so important because society at large, and I'm not saying that I think this way, I'm not saying that normal or, or you know, people that have a human type of thing think this way, but pe there are people in society who uh, will say they went to jail, throw them out, whatever, but they don't see the humanity in Seeing that see these it. people are under attack, they're being pushed drugs, they're being used uh, for financial gain, and all of yeah. this funnels into, it's not a correctional facility. It's not a rehabilitation no. facility. It is a, 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 a drug, it's, a slave drug. It's, uh. it's, it's slavery. <laughs> That's what it is. It's slavery. The only thing is, is, they say, okay, well, when you work, they give you a few, they, give, they pay you. They're paying That's you, crazy. sis. They, they paying you with someone in China or <laughs> Baghdad would make Yeah, working. it's crazy. And I think, to, I think to myself, this is what, what really has me upset, and, and I'll tell you, because I'm very honest on here, and I, and I always say vulnerability is, is the superpower. As a person who, like, de dealt with... Um, substance abuse, right? Mm -hmm. To know that there are people who may make a mistake in life 
end up in a situation and then are being intentionally pushed towards substance abuse, intentionally pushed towards drugs that are going to mess up their life even more. Like as a person who had to deal with like getting himself back right to, to just think of a person not having a, 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 a home surrounding to be in behind bars and have to deal with that. And then they have to come home and, and, and deal with whatever comes after being in prison is absolutely unacceptable. And it, it yeah. makes me angry to no end. It, 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 it's, 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 it's disgusting. And we're supposed to be a civilized society. Exactly. There's, there's nothing civil about that. We're far, see, we give the impression of civilization that yes. we're civilized. Yeah. But we're not. We're not. Like, and I was, yeah, yeah, go on. It was one time, I want to talk about healthcare in prison. Yeah, please do. So when you're incarcerated, you have to try your best to be as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. Because if something's wrong with you, the first thing they're going to do is give you an ibuprofen and then send you on your way. You would have to, you would have to complain constantly to get help. Wow. Constantly. And I remember one time I had, um, I had, I thought I had pink eye. It was a form of pink eye, but it was a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to, I used to look at my eye. I, t- I would turn on my light in my cell and I would look at my eye and I could see that it was a scratch on the, on the lens of my eye. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the infirmary, the hospital in the prison, I talked to the nurse and I said, listen, I have a scratch on, my, on the lens of my eye. Mm-hmm. So she goes through this whole thing. She takes the drops, she puts them in my eye. She puts a magnifying glass over my eye to look. And she said, I see nothing. Mm. And I'm telling her, I said, miss, how is that possible? How can you not see anything when I seen it without a magnifying glass? Hmm. She said, I, I see nothing wrong with your eye. A month later, when I go to an outside eye doctor, he tells me I have a scratch on, on the lens. Of wow. My are there incentives for them not to take care? Or, or are they just like, I'm just here for the pe- check? You have some people that really don't care. And then wow. you, you have people that's working in, in, in the prisons who are not from our community. And the only time they deal with people like us is in prison. That's big. Then you, then you have people who are from our community who generally want to help, and they don't last long. That's big. All right, so we got we got we got to focus in on that for a second. So you said there are people not from our community that are here for the job. Yes. So when you interact with people that you don't really know about and you don't really care about. Of course, you're gonna have. Um, yeah, they're gonna treat you like an animal. Wow. And then the thing is, is that they'll put a prison in a small town that has no kind of economy. So this prison boosts this this small town's economy. Because once this prison comes to this small town, yeah. now you have stores start coming here. Walmart will come. You know. <laughs> All right. So. Oh so, my gosh. All right. So we let's ah. This is how so you have the, prison uh, a prison come in, drug come up the, the, the offenders, people who made mistakes, as we all do in life. We 
all make mistakes. Yeah. They 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 drug the offenders, they dehumanize the offenders. Yes. Do not rehabilitate them. Pay them some third world uh, wage. Not to say that anybody should get paid that, but whatever. Pay yeah. big pay third world wages. Mm-hmm. And while all the while, the economy of the toasting town is booming. It's boom is booming because of the prison. Wow. To me, now, that sounds if it didn't sound like slavery to you before, if you're listening, that sounds like some antebellum slavery to me. And now Usually when we're incarcerated, we call we don't call it prison, we call it plantation. Wow. This is what we call it. So I'll I'll say, oh yeah, they move me, they're gonna move me to such and such plantation. <laughs> Which means they're gonna move you to another prison and yeah. then another small town that didn't have nothing around a bunch of poor whites. Yes. That was starving. Huh. That was on and, welfare. And wow. what they do is bring that prison to that town, give them all jobs. It boosts the economy in that town. Wow. And yeah. in order to, so in order to, <laughs> so in order to feed the starving whites, we're going to send up a bunch of, a bunch of brothers and, and wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to send a bunch of blacks and Latinos up there. Cause that's mainly who's in prison and poor whites. There's, you have a sprinkle of poor whites in the prison system also. Let's yeah. not get that confused. But, yeah. but it's mostly black York and State, brown. It's black and brown people, yes. Wow. And usually they're from New York City, Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester, uh, you know, the, the major cities wow. in New York State. And that's what I keep on asking myself because you say, in, you know, when you get out, they, there are opportunities uh, there for people. But I keep on asking, my, and that's why I asked the question, with all of this, you're sitting there. You know what's going on outside those walls. Yeah. You know what's going on with the town. You see somebody uh, just went crazy from taking these meds. You see uh, guards abusing people. How are you in the mental state to do anything positive? And, and I, thank, I thank God for, for, for your presence because, like I said at the beginning of this, I wouldn't have even known. Yeah. I, I would have thought you went to, you know, Harvard or something like I just how you carry yourself with such poise not saying that people in prison don't you probably have to carry yourself with more poise there than anywhere else but how how did you personally make that that connect to be like yo mind over matter um it was I made sure that I um I was around certain type of people Mm. um you know it's a saying Birds of a feather flock together. Yes, sir. But you never catch eagles flying with seagulls. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. So I would I I would stay around individuals who who were so-called woke, mm-hmm. who always was reading different books, who were you might have an ind- uh, individual who was into black history. You yes. might have an individual who's into um finance. So I stick around these, these type of individuals. One individual might give classes on finance because mm-hmm. he studied it because he's been down, he's been locked up 25 years and got, mm-hmm. he found out that was his passion. So now he teaches other inmates about finance. So I stick around this guy. I stick around this guy who has, uh, uh, who's, in, who's into black history. I stuck around individuals who were formerly Black Panthers, formerly mm-hmm. uh, Black Liberation uh, Army. Like these are the type of individuals who I stuck around. 
Wow. And so are, I learned they, from these individuals. Are people like that readily available? Because again, from the perception outside, it's gangland type stuff. Oh, it's definitely gangland. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a lot of highly intelligent individuals in prison. I've met some some of the most intelligent people that I've ever met mm-hmm. are in prison. And wow. you look when you when you when you come in contact with the individuals, you're just in awe because you're like, how are you in here? Yeah. Some of the best rappers I ever heard are in prison, wow. and it's just it blows your mind, and you're just like, this guy has 33 years to life. Wow. And you're like, how somewhere making music? Exactly. You know what how happened? are you not somewhere? teaching in Harvard somewhere like so so let's bust that down a little bit what do you think it is do you think it's the system do you think it's environment it's the system the system it's the system and it and it's also everyone makes mistakes but yeah say okay I'm gonna give you a net uh um something that I found out when I first got locked up I was on Rikers Island I came across this this white kid who was on Rikers Island with me Mm-hmm. And we was talking about our cases and our criminal history. We had the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We were both poor. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have a lawyer. Mm. So it's not like he came from you know, the upper echelon. No, he was a poor white guy. I'm a poor black dude. We had the exact same history. Mm-hmm. We were incarcerated for the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Now, when it comes to sentencing, I get 15 years. Yes. He got eight years. Wow. And that's a, and that could be a, a, a big difference. It, it, that's a, definitely a big difference. And it, at first, I, I didn't understand. I said, how the hell did he get eight years? Mm-hmm. And me and him talk, we have the same history. Yeah. It's not, the system is not fair. Wow. So going back to these, highly intelligent individuals who's incarcerated with this big amount of time, the mm-hmm. system is not fair. They make, and maybe they made two mistakes in their life, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get sentenced like a white counterpart or wow. even a brown counterpart. A black so, individual is going to get more time than the average brown or white individual, period. Wow. And it's sad. And that... It, it breaks my heart because you have people who could have could have uh, cured cancer, changed the world, done whatever, and oh, because man. of a mistake, and not only just because of a mistake, because that I think that's really important to 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 distinguish because you said there's a disparity in time, so it's not just a mistake; it's the system. Because the of system. the system, after you know, I mean after going through this for 10, 20 years, you might not have the willpower or, or even the want or desire to do the great things that you could have done. I've seen it. I've seen people break down. I've seen people have mental breakdowns where 10 years ago they were okay. Mm-hmm. Now they can't even, they're, they're rubbing shit on the walls. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like they have to be isolated. And it's because to- they, they just lost it. Just law, and and it speaks to even before the prison system gets us, right? Like going through poverty for 
decades and decades, going yeah. through abuse, going through systematic things that that break you in in the way that gets you to a place where you would be in a prison system or or breaks you in a way that you would turn to crime right um i want to turn quickly Mm -hmm. to uh what can we do in terms of because like you said we can't look to the system so much what can we do in terms of individuals in terms of grassroots organizations in terms of maybe speaking like what what can we do in your view um in my view is just we just have to let the unknown be known a lot of a lot of things that are going on people have no clue people Mm -hmm. the individuals who are out there protesting Mm -hmm. have no clue that their taxpaying dollars are funding terrorism right here on the home, right here wow. on the home grounds in, in so-called prison. Wow. Murder, rape. Hmm. Like, wow. your taxpaying dollars is funding that. And then- You're Funding that. You're funding that. Your taxpaying dollars are funding the atrocity, what we call uh, draconian uh, tactics that's being done on American citizens here. I'm gonna give you an example. One time, um, I was I was in I was of course I was in prison. So I'm in college class. So I'm with it. I'm I'm with an individual who's from China. He's also incarcerated here in America. Mm-hmm. He has probably like 25 years in prison in America, mm-hmm. but he's from China. So he was given a speech, and he was talking about how America looks at China and the way they treat. They're in the uh, their population, mm-hmm. and how they how they America try to point the finger at mm-hmm. China and other countries by the way they treat their citizens. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I've been in prison twenty five years," and he started talking about the atrocities that he's seen here in prison in America. In American prison, and he said, "There's no way you can talk about China. There's no way you can talk about Syria. There's no way wow. you can talk about." all these other countries and you're doing the same thing to to your own people here and that's so important because we have drink drinking drunk drank whatever the 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 american kool-aid and we think that we are the center of the world we are the 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 shining uh light of freedom Yeah. yeah And it's not to say, because there are people that, that are going to say, well, I love this country. And I, you know, well, I love it too. That's fine. Whatever. I, I don't. Especially if this is all you know. Especially if this is all you know. But it, it's a difference between loving something and being blind to the, to the stuff that it does and loving something enough to say, all right, let's change it to make it better. Right? See, America, America is good at hiding yeah. what it really is. Yeah. See, other countries are just right in your face. Either do this, get shot, do this, go to prison. You can't say this. You can't exactly. do that. See, the other countries are right in your face, and they're bold with it. You're not doing this, and they tell the citizens, and citizens fall in line. Or if they don't, they get killed, or they come over here. Mm-hmm. See, America, what America does is they hide it. Yes, yes, yes. They yes. make it seem like this is the best country in the world. Hmm. You have all the freedom, but actually, you really don't have freedom. You really don't have freedom of speech. 
You don't know. That's an illusion because my sister's a teacher. And if something is not, if something is in the curriculum, they have to teach what's in the curriculum, even if it's not true. And they know it's not true. They still have to teach it. They can't go outside of curriculum. Hmm. What kind of freedom is that? Exactly. And that is so important because just going back to like the roots of why people end up where they end up. And again, not saying all, but why mm-hmm. people end up where they are. If I'm, you know, I, I just happen to be blessed and, and took a different course. But if you are learning all about education that has nothing to do with your history, number one, mm-hmm. and has nothing to do with how you could get your family out of poverty, how you can uh, survive the things that you see in your neighborhood, then why the hell, excuse my language, why would I be involved in school? Yeah, why would you want to participate? Especially if I know the curriculum is lying to me or telling me the most minimal amount of uh, uh, information, right? So So then they run to the streets. Exactly. And then the information they get there is going to send them to another type of uh, institution of learning. It's crazy. And they say schools set set kids up for prison anyway. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. It's it's the pipeline. I believe it. Schools are prison. And it's... it's, These things are so annoying because um, I was in a a Zoom meeting uh, uh, last Wednesday and one of the young ladies said, we talk too much. We always talking. We always talking, 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 but what can we do? And it's annoying because I have no, well, you said money or violence, but I have no Mm. clue where that starts. I have no clue how that starts. I mean, we we have a little bit of, we're just now kind of getting to a place Mm. where people on the street, where uh, black folk in the street uh, are getting some type of attention, but that doesn't even begin to address the brothers behind bars, right? Like we we've lived with Oz. When did Oz come out? Two thousand something, and and they're oh, like still 90s, doing yeah. yeah. They're yeah. still doing crazy stuff to to these brothers. We know right. about uh, uh, a whole plethora of type of thirteen came out. What yeah. five years ago? Four years ago yeah. now? Yeah, and it's still yeah. happening. So what do it's we still do? Happen. You know, I think I think what it is is like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pull our resources together. Mm-hmm and stop messing with some of these corporations. Yes. Yes, exactly. We're just gonna, we're just gonna have to dead them. Like, you know what? Blackout, Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. We're not messing with Chase Bank. Hmm. Uh, we're not messing with whatever insurance company. We're, you know what? Blackout, Amazon. No African-Americans are messing with Amazon. Exactly. And, and we have to put the livelihood, I believe, we have to put the livelihood of our community over the dollar. I was yeah. listening to, and I don't, I hate even invoking her name and giving her any type of light, but it's important because there are a lot of people like her. Uh, Candace Owens, I don't know if you're familiar with Candace Owens. Yes, I am. And, you know, she started, yeah, exactly. She yeah. started out uh, on the opposite, total opposite, other side, like super liberal. And mm-hmm. you, people do have political shifts all the time, whatever, but she's doing it for money. And some people... And a lot of people in our community, not just her, a lot of people in our community are selling us out every day to pay their bills. 
and to stack up wealth for themselves. And, and most of these people that are selling this out are in leadership positions. Exactly. It's because sad. The, system, the system places them. The system wants people that's going to sell out. Yes, exactly. Let me tell you something. Anybody you see, any black person that you see that's in the media and that's being propelled upward in the media, and the media is always uh, bigging them up, yeah. always have them in there, trust me, they are not for the people. Exactly. I don't exactly. care who it is, Oprah, any of these, any of these people you see that the media puts them in a good favor, any black person that you see, mm -hmm. They're not for the people. Because if they really were for the people, the media wants nothing to do with them. Exactly. Why would you why would you give camera time, your camera time, yeah. to people that are looking to take Destroy. security from your yeah. from your grandkids? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's so, how I was thinking about this too. This, this whole white supremacy thing that yeah. uh people are saying they want to break down. I'm always questioning it because you're not going to take that right. inheritance from your from your grandkids. That's like me having a house and saying, you know, let me let me give the person down the street that's homeless. You know, now is it a good thing to give to give to homeless? Of course, but yeah. But see, this is the thing. This is I was telling someone this other day. Um, white people have bought into this 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 system. Mm -hmm. No matter because their 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 skin color is a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. The system, the system is smart. You have this 1% mm -hmm. of a 1% who is extremely smart. And what they'll do is they'll put some, they'll have some, they, you know, you have to have someone at the bottom, yep. which is us. Mm -hmm. So even a poor white person knows that they're not at the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. And the system uses that. You know that the system uses that. It makes them feel like, okay, they are a part of the system. Exactly. So they're, they're, they're never really going to align with us. It's like, I may be broke, I may privilege. be everything else bad in life, but as but long as you got that, exactly. There's hope. Exactly. It's like there's that Chris hope. Rock bit. It's like that, yeah. you know, you might be crippled, might be broke, yeah. but I'm still in trading places. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. And the system plays them against us, plays mm -hmm. poor against rich, middle mm -hmm. class. You know, the system plays everything, everybody against everybody. So do we, because there has to be, I'm not, I'm not one that says that we have to have yeah. a leader. I mean, I say that, but there has to be some we righteous have to, we folk. Have to, we have to be able to come together for, for a one common cause. One, one common person. cause. And, and we, do don't you need, think, we don't need a leader. Because no. you see what happens when, when we have a leader. If we have a real leader, they're going to kill them. Especially a righteous one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we don't need wow. a leader. Because you can hmm. always kill a leader, but if everyone is on the same path, can't kill everyone it. has that 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 hive mentality. Yes, exactly. You can't kill that. Exactly. That's that's interesting. And that's what we need to have. We need we to need... have that hive mentality. The last thing I want to ask you is um, if you could tell a young man who is facing. Uh, a part of his life where he is going to have to spend in, in 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 prison. What what do you tell him? He's a young man. I would I would tell him first, come out better than you went in. Mm -hmm. So even that's getting your education, reading, um, 
uh, put yourself around people who are highly intelligent, mm. who have your best interests at hand. You'll know if someone has your best interest. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And don't think just because someone's highly intelligent that they're soft. Mm. Hmm. You know, so there's a lot of highly intelligent, militant brothers in mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So align yourself with those type of individuals. Yes, yes. And, and those type of individuals have no problem with educating you. Mm. And if they see that you're sincere, trust me, those type of brothers will take you under the wing. If, you're, if, you, have, if you show an eagerness to learn, they will take you under the wing. Nothing will happen to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just have to stay around positive people. Exactly. And I feel like we have to um, mirror that that mentorship outside of, you know, on, on in the community as well. Right? I would also I would also tell the, a young brother that's going into prison. Don't get caught up in the distractions. Yes. Yeah. And the distractions are uh, TV, mm -hmm. the telephone. Um, sports, mm. as far as, you know, even though I know people like to exercise and go outside and play basketball, mm -hmm. don't get caught up in it so much because mm. those are distractions. Hmm. And those distractions can get you hurt. Yeah. When you lose focus of really where you, where you are. Yes. And also, you can be used as a, a puppet because mm. of those distractions. Wow. Because the, the prison system have those distractions to be able to, to manipulate you. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. So so, yeah. so stay focused and get some mentorship. Get some mentorship. Stay around positive people. Wow. Well, Jai, thank you so much for taking this of time. Uh, this you. has been, the, you know, anytime, anytime. I'm sure that we're going to have another conversation because this only scratched the surface. This, this was, was like such, therapy. This was therapy for me. I had man. Like I got a lot off my chest. So we definitely got to do this some more. And yeah. and if, if it was therapy for you, it, it got me angry. <laughs> it did the opposite. Now now I want to go and and do some <laughs> activism type stuff. <laughs> definitely. definitely. But thank you so much. But uh, as we go out, tell people again where they can find you and um, Instagram and, and YouTube and all okay. that. Okay. So I'm on Instagram at dark. That's D A R K underscore veda v-e-d-a and i'm on youtube um feel free tv okay. that's where you can find me okay all right brother well it was nice talking to you uh we are thank going you. to sign off now thank you so much brother. Thank god you. bless you love you from the heart thank i'll you. see you soon okay peace everybody all right peace peace so good people i hope that y'all were blessed by that i hope that y'all listened to it um i hope that y'all took notes took heed um engage with it you guys have his contact you have mine this was some real heavy stuff that we talked about uh i know there were multiple times where i tried to i had to hold back from really expressing how i felt um inside to just hold it together because it's, it's a rough topic it's a rough way of life that a lot of people in our in our country and our society live with. Um, so yeah, this conversation is not done. We're gonna keep on having it. Jai will definitely be back. Uh, 
yeah, listen, even if times are hard, even if you're going through things, even if you've made mistakes, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel if you choose to find it. No matter where you are, what you are, who you were, who you will be, what you're going through now, please, 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 in your mind and in your deepest spirit and deepest heart, decide to think good, see good, do good, but most importantly, be good. I love y'all. Stay strong. Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, FindingGoodTimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting, most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.